We're back, and we got a full studio today. Yes, sir. Fellas. Face him up! This is going to be a good one, I'm man. back! <laughs> Tyshawn back. Diesel All-American. Best back in the country. Face him up! <laughs> Cade's in the chair. Trevor's on the couch. Hey, we get money, though. This is it, man. We get money, though. We get money, though. We've got a great guest for you today, headlining a bunch of awesome topics. It's Coach Ryan Ettinger from Alma College. He's the defensive coordinator over there, also the associate head coach. And uh, I told him, man, that was one of my favorite conversations. So he was on here for like 20 minutes. It was fantastic. Uh, so definitely look forward to that conversation. And uh, some big news as far as our world, the D2 world, the GLIAC world, a lot of it's been breaking here recently. Division Two has approved two new rules for all football programs across the entire NCAA landscape that will affect some spring competitions and also in-season competitions for first-year student-athletes. And we'll break down all of those new proposals that were passed. And Matt Mitchell steps down as the head coach at GVSU. That is big-time news for not only the state of Michigan, but everywhere because that team has been a powerhouse not to say they yeah. will not continue their success but he's a big reason of why they've been so dominant so there's what, there's eight teams in our conference correct seven 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 yes soon to be eight four With roosevelt four four new head coaches this year so very interesting year for the gliac very true very and good point. Been five with northern tech but wayne state Grand and Valley. Grand Valley now, all with new heads. And like you said, Northwood, another one in the area, but obviously right. is in the GMAC now. That's a good stat. Um, moving on to the NFL Thank side you. of things. The obvious wild card weekend reactions. The game, uh, Dallas versus Tampa Bay, going to be going on, I mean, as we're recording this. So maybe we'll get some live reactions from that. And uh, Sean Payton starting his comeback to the league. He's making some noise about some potential interviews coming up for the former Chargers. Saints head coach. Finally, fellas, we got some funny stuff to react to, but also uh, C.J. Stroud officially declares for the NFL drafts. We'll talk about that and how that shakes up the draft order for our Lions and a couple other teams. He took it down like the last minute or something, didn't he? He did. It was very interesting. So You know why? Why is that? All the attention. Everyone's think, talking about, oh, is he going to stay back? Is he going to go to the draft? Is he going to stay back? I'm sure he's soaking it up. You only get it once. Ah. You only get it once. May as well, right? But yeah, I don't think he's doing it for the attention. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I he wants so. to play for any team that's Atlanta <laughs> draft right now. Uh, we'll break that down soon, but as always, you can watch this episode on YouTube if you are. Don't forget, red bar, bottom of the video, timestamps. Fast forward to any part of our conversation today, and then you can get the hell out of here. Otherwise, you can listen to the whole thing, and we would appreciate you that much more. Otherwise, listen pretty much anywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. Follow us on Twitter at D1 underscore Rejects, and on Instagram at D1, Division One Rejects. Excuse me. Also, follow us on TikTok. I am blanking on the handle. It's either Division One Rejects D1, or D1. D1 Rejects. Capital D1, capital R Rejects. Capital D1, capital R Rejects on TikTok. Where, where we did 30K the other day. Talking about Labakonki. I don't understand TikTok. but I don't uh, either. But we're going to work on it. See algorithm. We're going to work on see it. See algorithm. It is. One thing I do understand is interviews and good conversations. We're going to cut to that interview with Coach Ettinger right now. Joining us on this episode is a defensive coordinator for a team that not only just won their first conference title since 2004, they won their first playoff game in program history. A lot of big things happening for the Alma Scots. He's a Central Michigan alum, Coach Ryan Ettinger. Coach, appreciate you coming on, man. We're excited to have you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to talking a little football. More than a little football. We're going to get into all of it, but um, right. I'm just pumped. I mean, you guys had – I gave, like, the outline there, but I don't think the stats really do it justice from – where that program has come from, um, from guys like you and, and Coach Couch and the year that you guys have had. I mean, didn't end where you probably wanted it to end, right? Everyone wants to end, you know, hoisting the trophy. But sitting back now, reflecting on all the 
whether it be the records or just the players, the relationships, and, and you know, those moments, got to be a pretty sweet feeling. Yeah, it was, it was a special year. There's no doubt about it. Obviously, you know, right now we're on to next year in Team 130, but, you know, looking back and, and at, at Team 129 and, and the 2022 season, it was special. And we came off a tough t- um, 2021. We lost five of our last six, I think. Um, it, it was a kind of a, a teetering point of our program, I think, in that December of 21. And um, we had a bunch of guys who were coming back and some seniors and some captains and some leaders who, who really bought into it to, uh, you know, the 2022 season and our climb mantra. And, and to be a part of that process from January, you know, obviously up through the end of November, it was a special thing. And, and one of the more, you know, gratifying seasons I've been a part of. And, you know, I tell the guys a lot, but really to, to see the success that they were able to have and all the hard work they put in and just buying in and believing um, and doing something that's been unprecedented at this school it was, uh, again, special to be a part of. Yeah, that's awesome. And you talked about the seniors a little bit and what you guys had coming back. Because that's what I wanted to ask about next was, like, if you guys knew that, you know, maybe not to say that this was the year, but that you had this potential going into it. You talked about climb. I always thought it was hashtag kilt style over there. You got a couple different sayings yeah, or something like that? Yeah, so our program mantra is kilt style. And that's okay. something that we created really in 2019. We went 2-8 uh, and eight in 2018, and then... We went six and four in 2019. That's kind of when our, our program, our culture shifted. And, yeah, you know, I heard, I watched a video and Coach Couch, we watched videos together. And 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 I don't know what coach it was, but they they talked about if your players can't regurgitate, you know, slash communicate what your culture is about, you know, you don't have a culture. So we decided to create a mantra. We weren't big slogan guys, but we kind of became, became one. I think Coach Cole came up with the actual slogan itself, but it's kinship, integrity, love, and tenacity. And that's our program mantra it's something that we we talk about you know on a daily basis here of living out that that stuff and then uh, the climb mantra was our 2022 mantra so we we created something just for the that that team team 129 and um, the process oriented approach of climbing a mountain and taking you know each step by step and and focusing on the obviously the the near goals of of strength conditioning then spring ball then summer then fall camp um, i think paid a lot of dividends i love that switch it up per year this is pretty cool i don't know a lot of teams that i feel like once you get a coaching regime in there, I feel like usually it's, this is my shit. We're sticking with it until they run me out of right. here. But uh, I like right. that you guys maybe cater it and you switch it up, keep things interesting. I, you know, like you said, if your players don't know how to explain your culture to someone else, you don't have one. I love that. I know Coach Couch is in the kilt on game day. Do you, uh, are you repping one of those sure. as well on the sideline? No, I, I no, I would okay. be honest again. In <laughs> when he came walking out in our first home game, I was a little curious of what's going on, but uh, <laughs> I love that. He, he embraces our traditions here. He braced, embraces being a Scott, and um, our players love it. They buy into it. it. It's a really cool deal, and I love the fact that he doesn't care what anybody else thinks. Um, he, he loves being a Scott, and he, he's as much of a Scott as anybody I know. So I love that. And obviously him being an alum, having played there, and the connections he has to, yeah. to that school. Um, before I let – Cade's got something for you. Before I let him get at you, though, is yep. what would it take to get you in a kilt on the sideline? What do we have to do? What kind of strings we have to pull? <laughs> That's his thing. That's his thing. If, if he Maybe he wasn't in one, I would try. But uh, <laughs> no, it, it, that's his deal, and he, he's done it well, and um, it's worked for us. So. Fair enough. Hey, and if it ain't broke for him, don't fix it. So, okay, go Well, ahead. Coach, I just had a question for you. Uh, first of all, I appreciate you coming on the show. I uh, really appreciate it. Yep. And uh, second of all, kind of bouncing off what you said about Coach Couch, uh, I know I got a chance to talk to him, and so did Kobe yep. uh, coming out of high school. Both really liked him. Um, just a great dude, seemed very genuine. You know, uh, that's got to really help, like you said, the, the guys buy into that. How, do, how, how did you see that kind of, you know, obviously going from – 
what you guys were previously to, you know, going undefeated and win a conference championship, right? That's there's it's not it's a lot more than just a couple guys buying in, right? So there's got to be a what's yep. that like like from the from that point of view, seeing guys be, like buy in over off season and then having major success. Yeah, again, it's you know, if there was a perfect formula or, or, or of how you do it, um, I'd be a rich guy. But um, <laughs> it's, it's a process, it truly is, and I know it's, it's very much a coachism, but. At the end of the day, you know, we, we preached in, in last January of taking ownership of the team, especially the older guys, the leaders, the seniors uh, of taking ownership. I think as coaches, we can coach you, motivate you, lead you, direct you, push you, and we can get you about this high. But at the end of the day, we, what we want a player-led program and to get to that next step, the guys got to take ownership of the team and start to hold each other accountable, push each other and do that extra work before practice, after practice within workouts. So um, seeing that buy-in, you could tell, you know, midway through camp there was something special going on and as long as we stayed healthy which you know luckily we did um good things could happen and, and the other part what was this year I should say 2022 as opposed to 2021 is i think we got better each week in 2021 we were 4-0 um to start the year but i don't think we got a whole lot better and we had a huge skid and, and last year we got better each week and you could see it and we never got satisfied and um that's a credit to our, to our players to, to buying in and wanting something more and being super hungry to, uh, again, do things that haven't been done here in a really long time. I love that, man. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. I'm ready to go. And I know, like he said, I had a great relationship <laughs> with coach couch coming out of high school, you know, didn't have as much conversations with him as early in the recruiting process, but I just know from guys that I know that play there, those guys would run through the analogy is a brick wall, but I'm trying to think of something tougher <laughs> and nothing really comes to mind. We've got these like, cement walls in the studio here like they might give one of those a crack i'm not really sure but if i took uh if i took some plywood and lined them up in a couple different rows how many layers are we getting through for coach couch quite a few again i don't i don't i do know how he does it. i mean the guy is as genuine as it gets it's really a reason i'm still here um yeah he's an awesome leader of men and he he lets me kind of do what i want to do and not micromanage but with the players he, uh, he cares and loves for him, as we all do as coaches, but uh, he's as genuine as it gets, and, and uh, he loves those guys as we do, and he pushes them and um, gets the most out of them. And truly, you know, football's a big part of it, but helping them off the field with their education piece and helping them find jobs. Of course, and, yeah. And never changing. Like, he had so many opportunities, you know, through COVID and, and after 2021 to, to change who he is, um, change things within the program, but he stayed to who, true to who he was, and I think that was a big part of it, too, being consistent and uh, – the guys appreciated that and, and bought in even more and some good things happened. So I love that. And especially when you have a guy like that at a division three school where there's no athletic money involved, right. you got to give kids an extra reason to really go there and to buy in like you're talking about. So when coach couch is able to do that and just the way he's able to connect with these guys and not only connect with them, but retain them and develop them after they get there. And, you know, like you said, these guys are getting there and they're leaving as not only a totally different football player, but a totally different man. And I think that was something that he emphasized throughout every conversation that I had with him. And I, I really appreciate it. But uh, Ty, you got something? You know, coach, uh, many people get into coaching for different reasons. I just really want to know what got you into coaching and then what do you get the most out of as far as like being a coach? You know, like, is it seeing boys turn to men? Is it developing football players? Like, what do you get the most out of it? And really what got you into coaching? Yeah. You know, I went to central Michigan um, to play ball and then didn't make it long at all. I, I got medically DQ'd and, and the guy who recruited me, um, talked to me into being a student assistant. Again, I had plans on on getting a business degree, which I did, and my master's. 
and starting a business of some sorts or, or jumping on a business and, and climbing the ladder. And uh, I started being a student assistant, turned into an intern, doing a graduate assistant and a, and a quality control coach. And you know, pretty early um, within that part of my career, I fell in love with, honestly, the journey. You know, I, I was away from football for a semester and there was something definitely missing out of my life. Uh, once I got back into it, um, you know, it, it, it filled my bucket. I, I'm, it's super gratifying to be a part of a young man's life from year one to year four or five and see them mature and turn into a man and help them develop them and impact them. Um, and, and more than the game of football, I love Saturdays in the fall. There's nothing like it. I love X's and O's and the scheming and the game planning, but to actually be a part of somebody's life um, and help, you know, direct them in, in the right direction, or at least a little bit um, to me is, is why I coach and why I still coach. And I tell our recruits that too, like it, it's, it's so much more than football. It's the reason I'm still doing this. I love helping people. Um, so second part of your question, what was that again? What do you do? What do you get the most out of? Like, like I say, you kind of touched, touched on, on it a little bit, but yeah, yeah. I mean, just again, like... the maturation process what, from year one to four or five, um, just being a part of those, those tough conversations. It's, again, I, I go back to COVID, the amount of, of, of guys I had in my room who were going through tough times. And even right now, I have more conversations with guys about going through adversities and, and, and struggles and helping them through it and giving them perspective. Not that I've been through everything, but I've been through enough things to give them perspective mm -hmm. on life and where they're at and where they should be heading and, and how they should have their perspective on those struggles and, and how to handle it, et cetera. So being a part of that and then seeing them grow, graduate, get married, be great husbands and fathers um, and be successful in business and in whatever you know career they take to me is, is the most gratifying thing. Lifelong connections, man. That's what it's all For about. Sure. Yep. You guys are doing it right, man. And I know you guys are, you're all about what you preach. So you're not going on your bullshit. I know that's not the type of guy that, you know, any of you guys are now, um, <clears throat> you know, you have all these great things to say, but you know, football is not the end. You know, like I said, lifelong connections are the most important thing, but uh, you guys are pretty good at the football side of it as well. Uh, we'll start last year with your defense. You led all of college football and takeaways with 40 last year. And then you come in this year you guys obviously struggled. You only had 38. <laughs> so are you stealing somebody's game plan pregame? Do you have cameras in the opposing booths? Don't tell me if you do, but right. what is the secret? And, you know, how are you getting these offensive players to just cough the ball up to you guys? Yeah, again, not, not a huge stat guy. Obviously, you know, when you look at stats, there's some that very much correlate with success and winning, and, and turnovers are definitely one of them. So Huge. I get asked this question a lot, um, as does our other coaches on our defensive staff, but uh, there's not one real great answer. You know, at the end of the day, um, it's great play calling. So nah, I'm just kidding. No, it, 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 that's, probably the, that's, right, uh, that's probably the last piece of it. Honestly, it's so much our players. It's the buy into the system and, and they're, they're, they're really good at ball skills and buy into that mentality that, that it's their ball. So, um, you know, we, we preach it in practice like every coach does, but we reward it in our meetings. We talk about it constantly from, again, spring ball up through summer, up through fall camp, obviously weekly. So there's not a perfect answer for you. I think there, there's one other piece to it, our schematics. We, we have the ability to be yeah. quite diverse on the back end and bring you know a lot of different things in the box. So that does play a part. But at the end of the day, it's definitely our players making plays and, and buying into the system. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty wild with uh, what we've ended up with. Yeah, and you see how, like, none of us had a reaction to any of that, right, when you said that. You, the delivery was good. <laughs> yeah, it was. The delivery yeah, was really I, good. I say that joke so much jokingly. It's so much more than us coaches. Um, it's Again, it's these players buying into it. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we can follow it up again this year. But, uh, again, winning's more important. 
and uh, hopefully we can do that too. Yeah, totally. But like you said, I mean, takeaways are just such a huge part of the game. I mean, that's game, ridiculous. Like, so like, and, the, you know, none of us reacted because we believe it. Like, no, I'm saying the, the those number numbers are just, they speak for themselves. Yeah. And I'm right. not a incredibly, you know, enticed by, you know, stats everywhere. I don't think I'm much of a, if you looked at me through the lens of just stats as a player, I think I'd be very underwhelming. Like, there's just a lot of things that you can't calculate, but takeaways are definitely something yeah, that you sure. can. So, um, definitely a, a great moment, like, just a stat to look at there. And the story I always think about, actually, um, especially all these stories get circulated after Mike Leach's passing, was the one, uh, I forget who it was against, but they dropped a fake game plan out on the field before the game oh, yeah, in hopes that. that the opponent would pick it up. Maybe it was against Texas or something. And, and it was a GA that picked it up. Yes, it was a GA, thought he had just found the gold mine. Yep. It runs up to the press box or wherever the coaches are. Guys, I got the whole game plan. And I didn't know if that was the kind of operation we had going on here. I just <laughs> had to. Hey, interesting story. I was at Central Michigan. We're playing in the, uh, what was the Pizza Bowl. We're playing Western Kentucky. And uh, we found one of their practice scripts and we, we, we got it. The play call sheet was on there. And uh, a play call that kept running within their, their team periods was essentially a bunch formation reversed, like double pass. Okay. And uh, for a, a hot minute, we're like, well, did they set us up? But we, we, we practiced it. We prepared for it. First play of the game, they ran the reverse double pass. We had an interception. And no things way. Out for us, so. That's <laughs> Are nuts. you serious? That is awesome, dude. Yeah. So, really, like, how the hell do these guys know that? <laughs> <laughs> they were so ready yeah, for it. Yeah, they never shown it on film. We wouldn't have never prepared for it. But, again, they left the script on the bench or in the trash or something. Because we, we, yeah, as a GA, we looked everywhere. That thought ran through your mind, though. Like, is this chess? Correct. It had to have. Absolutely. Yeah. Half the coaches were one way. Like, hey, don't buy into it. They left it there on purpose. We're like, hey, what if they didn't? Let's prepare for it. And uh, our guys are ready for it. And, again, we got to pick. And. Ended up winning that game. So. That's sick. Dude, that is so sick. Well, good. I'm glad that my little tangent came out with a great story. I'm glad to hear that. Um, but back to you guys. Talk about you know your path to the playoffs, and more specifically, I guess, in conference play, because that's where you ran into a lot of really tough competition. You narrowly take down the, some of the top teams in your conference. You beat Hope by two. You beat Albion by three. Both of those games, you were fortunate enough to have at home, which is, I'm sure was a huge part of that. Yep. I mean, just talk about, start with those two games in particular and what kind of atmospheres those were and, you know, the opponents that you took on and, and really took down. Yeah, the Hope game, again, you know, we haven't beat them since I've been here. Mm -hmm. uh, Coach Sturko's done a great job with that program, and um, that's a team we've tried to knock off for the last couple of years. They've been close games, but they they just their program was in a better spot than us. And, um, again, as men I mentioned earlier, I think we got better every game, and we beat Ohio Northern in double overtime in game one, and, I think the belief really started to click over a little bit. And once we got to hope, we beat Trine, I think, a week or two prior, mm -hmm. uh, which is really kind of that turning point, too, in the season where, wow, we could be pretty pretty good this year. Um, we beat them by 20-some points down at third place on homecoming. Um, but hope came in, and, um, again, it was a heck of a game. We ended up getting them a little bit late, and one of their quarterbacks got banged up. But, uh, again, credit to them. It's a great program. We finally got them this year, which, you know, was a good thing for us. But uh, moving on to the LBN game, you know, myself and Coach Buell are good friends. A uh, ton of respect for him, too, and what he's done with his program. Um, and, again, best of luck to him now at Northwood. But uh, Oh, yeah, big moves for him. I don't know programs. We talked about it. Actually, we saw him at our JV game earlier in the year. Like, what if? You know, what if? We both went undefeated through the non-conference. Like, could it happen? Or like, don't talk about it. Let's not jinx it. So spoken into existence. What happened? You guys manifested. Yeah, it really it. was. Um, and again, that atmosphere. You know, at this level of football, I've never seen it. Might never see it again. You talk about two teams, um, a rivalry game for the championship. 
Um, it's something that you, you kind of dream about. You, you, you hope that happens and, and for the players and the fans and the, all that stuff, but uh, it was a wild game, exciting game, back and forth game. Um, you know, obviously we ended up, ended up taking over at the end and uh, it was, it was quite a feeling. And, and again, to do things around here that are unprecedented, they haven't happened for, you know, almost 20 years. I knew the excitement would be um, quite wild because uh, again, it's been such a long time. So Naturally. Yeah. Orders came out of the woodwork and, and uh, you know, our support across campus was, it was unbelievable and it was quite a year. So. Yeah. And heading into that game, I know from an outsider hearing things from my buddies at different schools across, you know, the state in particular, and the general assessment was that you guys were underdogs from a lot of people. And I would have to imagine that the thought process within your locker room couldn't have been anything more different. Yeah. Again, from an outside, you're like, yeah, just like you said, from an outside perspective, we should have been underdogs. We haven't had the success they have had in, in recent years. So um, that makes sense. But yeah, in our locker room, we had, we, in our men's mindset and our, our players mindset, there was no doubt um, we were going to win that game. But that's uh, awesome. again, that's, that's that mentality piece and the belief that I think started to grow in January and it got stronger and stronger as it went on. And from Ohio, North, Ohio Northern to, to trying to hope, um, beating some teams we have not beat here in the last couple of years, um, that belief grows and grows and grows. And at the end of the day, our players never got satisfied and they, they stayed hungry. And uh, that game was circled on our calendar since last year when they took it to us pretty good in 21. So, mm -hmm. uh, again, good end result for us. That's huge. Hey, as long as the guys, it's, it's again, it's footballism, but as long as the guys in this room, in this building, and whatever analogy you want to make, as long as they believe, you guys can go and do it. And I love I that that continues to prevail. But those two teams in particular, those two games, and the rest of your conference schedule, I mean, they had to prepare you pretty well for the playoffs. So, again, back to the confidence. I have to imagine that was, you know, not unrealistically high. There's a fine line, as you know, between the cockiness and the confidence. But I have to imagine the confidence was on a rather high note heading into that first round game against, uh, against uh, St. Joseph, Mount St. Joseph. Definitely. We, we were very confident. Um, you know, they, they were a 10-0 team coming in. Their quarterback was a really, really good player, is a very, very good player. Their running back was probably the best we've seen all year. The best I've seen since I've been at Alma, um, I would say. Wow. But, uh, you know, again, you're playing an extra week and, and you're in kind of uncharted territory, so you're not sure necessarily how to tweak things. If you should tweak things, we're a little bit banged up going to that game. But, yeah, again, playing at home in Balky Stadium um, was obviously a little bit of a confidence boost and having support that we have. It was a, it was a cold game and a ton of wind, but, uh, you know, another tight halftime game. And I think you look back at the Hope game, the Albion game, um, you know, the trying game and it's, you know, the Mount St. Joe game, we were close, if not losing in all those games at half. And uh, it's not some special speech. I don't think that's us coaches had, but our guys, you know, dug their heels in, understood where we were at. And we ended up being a pretty good third quarter and fourth quarter team. So um, we came out against them. I'm not sure what it ended up being, but like 20 some unanswered points and they didn't score again in the second half. Unreal. So ended up being a good match. That's awesome, man. Coach. Can't say thank you enough. This has been great. It's been one of my favorites, and I mean that. Thank I don't you, say yeah, that. Man. I don't say that every episode. Every episode. <laughs> it's been good, but I want to yeah, say too. You guys, man. Of course, man. I want to say too. We're not betting men. I'm gonna put that out there, right? We're not betting men, but of course we, not. If we were, if we were, yeah. whatever the over under is for Alma takeaways next year. No, oh, I'm hammering it. Break, 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 break. It's probably like thirty five <laughs> and a half. That ass. <laughs> 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 40 Whatever it is, what the half for? Jack it up, yeah. Well, well, because you can't go thirty-five. You can't, yeah, so you push. Uh you gotta set it at like a half. Uh, oh, if I knew anything, then yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, you know, but you see, I mean, you see know. we don't even really know anything about betting, so it's like we you don't we don't even know that. That's all right. As long as the winds correlate with that number, I'm good. That's right, yeah. You go. You're right, Coach. Damn straight. Hey, <laughs> Coach, can't say thank you enough, Coach Edinger. Appreciate you, Coach. Thanks, Appreciate Coach. You guys. You're the man. Thank you. Take care. Of course, we'll be in touch. Great talk, Coach Edinger. Um, I forgot to tell him too. I'm repping the I'm repping the Alma kind of colorway today. I'm missing that. What is that blue that they? We have? We should have all worn kilts, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Could you There's imagine? nothing wrong with being fans, but y'all are taking it a little too far. <laughs> I ought to have to call the in problem sick is, I, gotta, <laughs> I don't have a camera for him to like see all of us too, but could you imagine just loading into a Zoom room and you see the entire room and the fellas are just posted up with kilts? <laughs> I mean, I don't know how I'd feel. I don't know. Uh, you'd feel a little breezy is what you would feel because oh. you don't wear nothing under a kilt. <laughs> you can. But you it, traditionally you don't. <laughs> But it was a great talk with him. Uh, we'll move on to, I guess we'll kind of move, we'll move up the ropes today. We started with D3. We're going to move to D2. We'll talk some larger FBS news and then work our way to NFL potentially. And uh, great idea. first things first, Matt Mitchell steps down as a GVSU head coach. And that is some news that comes as a surprise to a lot of people in our league as I, I pull up the official tweet here from GVSU football. Coach Mitchell, uh, there, nope, not quite. No, 117 and 31. There it is. Coach Mitchell, 117 and 31 overall record as his time at Grand Valley. And the outpouring support from all of his former players, coaches, and other people alike that we've seen has been uh, pretty special. I did not have a relationship with him whatsoever, so I'm not going to try and speak on him because I really didn't know the guy. Um, but just hearing from everyone about the things that they had to say about them, him developing them not only as you know players but as men and what they've done in their next stages of life. The success obviously speaks for itself. You look at that record, you look at their playoff runs that they've had. GVSU has not made it back to the top of the mountain like people probably expected they had, but these last couple of years, man, running into Ferris in the playoffs, that buzzsaw that has makes been the Bulldogs. Makes you think what? Could be more going on behind the scenes. All right, we're going to do that. Is that what we're going to do? I mean, I probably should get out in front and say, too, he hasn't been announced that he, well, reportedly been announced, so stay, start with reportedly, that way no one can come back to me and get mad at me, that he'll be joining the staff at Wisconsin as the special teams coordinator and outside linebackers coach. So, yep. Yep, yep, yep. very big, <laughs> very big. And I actually, didn't somebody beat you to that news in our group chat the other day? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Mr. Schefter himself. <laughs> no, I don't Schefter even say Jr. that. Schefter already messed up again today. But um, big news for that. Like you said <laughs> in our intro, Northern Michigan, brand new head coach and Shane Richardson. Uh, Michigan Tech, Dan Matlack, they hire internally, but still uh, a new face in charge of the program. Wayne State has not announced a hiring of a head coach as far as I'm aware. But correct? it's going to be new. It It, it is 100% going to be new? Well, they... Like a new head coach, yeah. They fired the oh, yeah, no, yeah. I, I thought you meant, like, <laughs> I, I was yeah. going to say, because, like, there are definitely guys down there, like Antoine, who we've had on the podcast, yep. is their DC right now, and I would guarantee you he's going to be applying for that job and hey, would sure. probably be a front runner. Um, but we'll so, see Wayne State how that works out. Wayne State and now Grand Valley. So re- interesting to see who they get here. I was going to say, so if you look Nick at... Saban? <laughs> if you look at the thing internally on their team... A guy like Scott Wooster stands out as someone who has been vying potentially for a GLIAC head coaching job and being a coordinator for them right now. I would assume he's going to at least throw his hat in the ring. 
Well, the thing I with, think they're, they're going to hire one of your coordinators. The right? thing with Grand Valley is because you have something no, so good going on right now. There's no way that they didn't think eventually or have someone backup plan like, all right, Mitchell does all this, obviously. And then he's going to get looks on. from the so, next level. Someone, right? Yeah, he's right. So looks. someone's got to be, you know, shit hits the fan. Who's our next best guy, right? They're, they definitely had that because they're a well run program. You would assume. And yeah, you they would have assume. Some, they, I guarantee they have somebody. You know what I mean? Like, there's not just like. There'll be a lot of got people apply for. I was gonna say sure. what I can also guarantee is that the applicants uh, but, we had a lot for this job, but yeah. that can all it's gonna be double, triple the amount that we had. And maybe they do want to do that because you talked about it. They haven't really like they're at the peak. They're just they're fucking two steps, you know, to get to the top. It's like that last little stretch of Everest, like the most dangerous part, right? But Something like that. They can't get up there. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. It's just. But that'll be interesting. I know he had actually tweeted out. Uh, Wooster had put out on Twitter that. Yeah, um, I saw that. He hated this guy for the first couple years that he was in the league, obviously with his experience over at Wayne State. But he came to have such a different relationship with him, obviously, once he moved over to Grand Valley and and saw Coach Mitchell in a different light. And I thought it was really cool that he was that candid and open being out on Twitter like that because a lot of people could misconstrue those type of um, thoughts and those words. But I I thought it was pretty sweet by him. That's just someone that came to mind. But, uh, yeah, like Ty, like you said, I would assume – that one of their coordinators has a very good shot at getting that job because their operation down there right now is running pretty smoothly. It's two. The reason I say that is because who else are you going to bring in? Like, maybe a, you don't bring in another coordinator from, like, another top D2. Cliff Kingsbury? Point, you just... No, he's going to Thailand. He's in Thailand. He's in Thailand. Yeah, and one he will not trip. be returning anytime soon. So well, That like, shit is whack, bro. Like, what is he doing? <laughs> only, only way I don't see them hiring in-house is if they bring a coordinator from a D1. Agreed. FCS probably. I don't know an FBS coordinator that would come to D two. One that got to. fired. Maybe. Yeah, that too. But then, yeah. yeah Cliff Kingsbury's on the, all kinds. Uh, yeah, all kinds of things. Yep. Kingsbury's on the Aaron pa- Aaron Rodgers diet right now. Go to Thailand, you know, find your inner self, and then come back and. Let's wait until the ayahuasca leaks, then we can make that connection. Right. Well, I'm just saying that's what the path he's going down right now. Why can't he be going to just get some good food, hang with some beautiful women? <laughs> Why he got to go out there to do drugs? Drugs probably not even legal in Thailand. They're not legal ever. Rogers went. Wisconsin? <laughs> oh, no, when he Moving took on. Him. Moving on. Uh, D2. Larger D2 scale. We're not, we're not staying on the ayahuasca. Not Jimmy's staying. not here. We can't. Yeah, Jimmy's not. We don't need to go. We do not need to go down that route. He's the expert, right? right. Um, but let's talk about some new proposals that have been adopted by NCAA Division II across the country. The first one is that the players in their initial or redshirt even year can play in up to three games without using a season of competition. It's huge. That's huge news. Yeah, that huge. is huge news. And without saying names, I know we had a kid this year that went in for one game, one, not even one game, one snap, or not technically a snap, but one play Yeah. to burn a redshirt. Golden leg. And something that, and there you go, you just outed him. Thank you for that. I said golden leg. I didn't say it. <laughs> well, people, oh my God, I know who that is. He's one for one. He's one. Anyways, you have a situation like that, and you just feel for a kid in that situation because you don't know. I haven't talked to him about this at length, but you don't know what kind of plans he had for the rest of his college career. If that was something, a fifth year that he wanted to entertain or if he was going to stick around for that long, I have no idea how it's going to affect him. But for a kid in the wrong situation, for him to be put into that spot, terrible. Keiko Marlin, last game of the season. You throw him into a game that means nothing. 
to have him kick a meaningless extra point. And now he's a sophomore. No, it wasn't that. He went the whole year. It wasn't that. He has an onside kick. Oh, no, the onside kick against. Oh, yeah, against Saginaw. Come on, My bad. Keiko kicks an onside kick. We got it back, though. So. Praise the, the Lord, actually. <laughs> so maybe was it, was it, nickname. Was it worthless leg. at all? He helped. I mean, he helped us come back in the game. We eventually lost, but oh shit, that's funny. I could have did that though. They could have <laughs> let me kick the ball and kept his red shirt. I know we got somebody who probably plays blue in the soccer. We had two kickers out there, dude. Just use like just use. Bro, have folks pick a side that he want to kick the ball to. What the the fake didn't even look good. One of them put their hand up. They both like one of them is running at the ball. The other's doing like a mini trot. It didn't even look good. We could have. It was bad. But long story short, the rule is good. We can all agree on that. Yeah. Like Keon goes, uh, I need my year back. You played it every game, but like two. Somebody <laughs> you need a year back. You crazy? It's not going to affect those guys. Definitely not going to affect those guys. Um, but being able to play in, in three games is a rule that I believe is in effect to some extent at the Division One level, right? Guys can go in and play in a certain – it's four games. Yeah. There you go. Thank you. And without using their season of competition, I think it is, is huge. Um, but the other one, the rule number two, the proposal that was passed by D2 was allowing teams to scrimmage one another dur- during the spring full contact – and, again, doesn't use any type of competition or, like, a year of competition or anything. I don't know. There were some different details around the rule because I was under the impression that you could kind of do that already. Yeah. Nope. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> you think nope? Nope. I, I could tell y'all all the things that we voted on. Because we voted on this a couple uh, months ago in the SAC meeting. Did you? Every school took a vote. Well, why didn't you tell us? You could be our insider. I did tell you. <laughs> I literally told y'all this months ago that D2 was finna get a red shirt, didn't I? Yeah, you told me. You feel me? Like I told I don't remember that, but maybe you did. They did that one. They did boosting scholarships from 36 to 56 for D2. That did not, that was not one of the ones that was passed. It didn't get passed, but we voted on it. It was a proposed No, I just made that up. Okay. Because I did not see that anywhere. No, I made that up. The only things we voted on was... 56 is crazy. No, the only things we voted on was... I was going to say, what's our rash going to be at? Jesus. The only thing that we voted on was the two things that got passed. They both got passed with flying colors. They did. It sounded like there was almost unanimous support. I got to tell you, TQ, TQ, he voted no on something so crazy. It was like... Uh, the fact it, that he has a vote is crazy. He, he, y'all let him try to go to the sack. Y'all let him raise his hand. It was something with women. And it was, you probably should just stop talking yeah. before you incriminate <laughs> himself. He voted. Bro, here's, was, the, here's the official ruling on the, the spring scrimmage proposal that was passed. It says, quote, the other football proposal permits a football team to scrimmage against a four-year college during its spring period as one of its three permissible 11-on-11 scrimmages outside the playing season. The scrimmage has to occur on or after the 10th day of the spring practice period, allowing time for student-athletes to become acclimated to full contact. Additionally, the legislation specifies that a student-athlete's participation in such a scrimmage does not trigger use of a season of competition if the student-athlete was academically eligible during the fall term. A lot of speak right there, but basically not a whole lot of whole crazy news. I think they're yeah. just legitimizing and, and really making a more opportunities for guys to go out there and get game experience. Because I think who this affects, I don't know if you guys agree with me, but who this affects the most are the freshmen who maybe didn't play a lot in the fall and are trying to potentially compete for, sure. for a starting spot next fall. You come into the spring, 
and all of a sudden you get to actually suit up against somebody else than your teammates. They're wearing different colors. Right. And, you know, we know that game speed, you can try and replicate it in practice as much as you can, but how much of an impact would that have been for, you know, for us, for, for especially like you two guys, like, coming in, what would that have done for you heading into the, the fall season? Go ahead. Go first, even. I think it definitely would have benefited because, you know, you try to, like you said, you try to replicate it in practice, but seeing it now, like my sophomore year, I, I got to play in the actual games. The real, I say the, quote, but real game speed, yeah. Yeah, and it, it's not the same. Like, you can't, you can't compare it to it. So being able to play another team in the spring – It'll, it, I still don't think it'll be up to the same speed as a fall game because it doesn't count. Atmosphere and everything, Atmosphere, yeah. Atmosphere, exactly. Stakes. But it'll definitely benefit, like, your development as a player as a whole. Well, I think it's just, yeah, like you said, as a whole, the, the, whole, the, the biggest thing is that it's more opportunities, you know, more reps. Mm-hmm. Maybe for those guys like me and you who were twos last year and, you know, need that extra extra looks and the physicality and all that stuff, right? Just the, everything that can get you a step further. Yeah, be where exactly. you want to be, you know, and that just—I feel like that's just another step that to get you there. So and just get you like quicker to the speed of the game because yeah. that's like the biggest thing I think. Get you adapted. Yeah, yeah. Because once things slow down, obviously you can start to really pick apart what you're doing right. and you know focus on your scheme and your technique, especially right. for you know off, offensive linemen. Um, but like I said, unanimous support for both of those. I think those are probably very seldom contested in for whatever sure. voting population they had. Um, but pretty cool stuff. Do you want to go NFL, college football? FCS. No, FCS is not on the docket today, actually. You blame yourself. Not a lot going on in FCS as far as I know. Ed Reed. Ed Reed, yeah, he that was, was an interesting, interesting situation with Bethan Cookman. That was bad. I, yeah, I, I can't Bethune so what, so what? I don't understand. So he was named the head coach right. there, but then you want to. Does they just say it's like a bunch of trash? And he said, like, he trying to practice today, but he got them out there picking up garbage because there's so much garbage. And then he was saying, like, it's a building that's literally just full of garbage on campus. Basically, it was like shining a light on the conditions yeah. of the school, the and he facilities. said Dion was right to leave because that is, is disgusting out there. And then a bunch of people was, like, slamming him, like. Yeah, and he had to uh, issue a public apology. Yeah, he had actually, to apologize for it. Yeah. But I'm like, I mean, you kind of you got to kind of put it out I, there. Yeah, you feel I me? Because that's the only way that things are going to change, I would assume, me? if you speak out about it's it. It's a new right? media Draymond's been talking about. Whatever you say. Uh, I don't even know what the go. hell that means. Someone get this guy some ayahuasca. Let's get, uh, <laughs> let's go NFL, actually. I said we're going to go up the scale. I want to start with NFL because this wild card round has been fantastic, I think. And we can start with the Jags. They come back 27 to nothing at home against the Chargers. Trevor Lawrence has four picks in the first half, three of which to Asante Samuel. And Everyone and their brother thought Chargers would roll away with it. Someone thought so much so they put one point four million dollars on it. For eleven grand though. That is so dumb. If you got that much money to bet, that eleven thousand not even helping you. <laughs> yeah. I saw a he guy. He might never place the bet again. I heard a guy on the radio. Story he short, shouldn't be able to. Yeah, he sh- his account should be banned permanently. But long story short, the Jaguars do come back and Trevor Lawrence visits Waffle House post win with the fam to enjoy a nice little waffle post playoff win. <laughs> Pretty sweet stuff. <laughs> I mean, that's just Brandon Staley just lost his job. So, is that what you think? For sure, he, yeah. he still made the playoffs. You can't go up There's twenty-seven no nothing There's and then no lose. Back from that. And that's not the first time that in he didn't, Jacksonville like, 
got scarred over like late game management, decision making, well, all that type of well, stuff. Well, the same thing with Mike Williams. Why do you play him in that Week 18 game? But not even, not even the Mike Williams, because that's just fluke. You feel me? Players like to play their players, keep them in rhythm. You know what I'm saying? That's just fluke. That's, that's a good point. Yeah, that's fluke. I'm talking about just late game decision making. Period. And with the kind of talent that he got on that roster, for them to make the playoffs, barely snuck into the playoffs, really, and then. You go, you go, you go up twenty seven. Here's a stat for you: they ran the ball six times in the second half. Like, bro, and they have Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler not that good. But. And they were up twenty seven to what? Come on, you say he's not that good. Y'all play fantasy football, bro. I'm not. I don't. I don't. I don't play he's fantasy still, football. He's still good. He's a solid he running back. He all right. He's good enough to run the ball more than six times. Can we agree on that? I I get anybody in the NFL is good enough to run the ball more than six times. Thank you. So we can agree on that. But least. he was like, especially when Austin you're up Eckler. that much. He's like that. That's like back in the NFL. Yeah, he is. I'm Dude, not talking fantasy. Him. I'm just talking production. In production, yes. When it comes to pure running of the football, no. He's Where do you put him? Not even back. top twenty in pure runner of the football. Name twenty guys better than him. Twenty not, people that run the football. I will after. I will after the show. After, run, okay. After, when you say run the football, I don't want this comeback. Give on somebody me, like, the football and they run the ball effectively. Like he's good at fantasy football. Running the football? Where would you rank Aaron Jones as far as, like, running the football? Not good. He's probably, like, top three and effective just running the ball. I would say I wouldn't say not good. Aaron Jones? Yeah, he's a good Have you runner. ever seen him run the ball? Yes, bro. But, like, I wouldn't you're, say you're top three, but he's he's really you're talented. Me you take, you're taking Aaron Jones over Eckler? Running the ball? Yes. If I had to hand the ball to one of them? Also, a lot of things depend on system and scheme, and there's so many different variables that go into it. But I think when you're looking at like pure talent, I guess I can understand where your argument's coming from. Also, because Eckler's not a guy that's ever been touted as an extremely talented guy. Right? He's always yeah, he's always had the chip on his shoulder type deal, and that's I think his identity. And he's been known as one of the strongest pound for pound players in the NFL. You never hear about him being the fastest or shiftiest or whatever. It's all about grit, blue collar. Like that's what we've come to associate with him, whether it be his lifts, his yeah, lack of hair sure. on his head, uh, a lot of different things. But, I don't want to like sound like a hater. Like I think I think he's solid, but I think he's starting to get overrated. Mainly because of fantasy football. Like Brock Purdy. Yeah, like Brock Purdy is severely overrated. Which I saw a throw they was like, yeah. look at this crazy oh, that Brock was Purdy terrible. Throw. That one talking about yeah. Where the safety was coming down over the top, bro. You he threw he it at got the him, safety. He almost got him killed too. Look if he would have thrown it in front throw. of him, it was a touchdown. Yeah. So I, I would agree. Sometimes the narrative does get uh, he does get time. stretched out of proportion. <laughs> he talking about sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, I Wrong mean it, that. that that's that's just that's the media though. You feel it me? Is. You, I saw you thing, start going crazy. It was like the 49ers have had Super Bowl aspirations the whole year. But when Purdy stepped in, even I found myself like, "Oh, the 49ers are effed, right? Like they're not, they're not going anywhere." So Purdy's expectations since he got in, I feel like have been super low. That's a good point. Yeah. So when you come in and you exceed expectations, all of a sudden the public opinion of you. Because right? is he really doing anything magical? Right? Like no. he's got a great off- he's got a great offense, got a great coordinator, well. got a great system. He's, he's got really great well. players. Yeah, he he played he played. I give I give him that. Like at first I'm like, yeah, okay, he played one. He's game. doing a great job and he's role. He he been playing decent. He been he's playing some great. good ball. He's you playing, feel me? He's being a great. But at the player. same time, he with the greatest. I ain't gonna say the greatest. One of the better offensive minds in football, and he has the best supporting player. And that game, yeah. I mean, against the Seahawks, 
That was a slug a slugfest for a bit there. That whole basically the first half. They was losing at halftime. Exactly. 17, and then they won forty something to twenty four. They came on and just put it on them. That offense exploded, and the defense stepped up when they needed to make plays. And their defense, I mean, obviously. But I don't that, know if they get talked about enough because of all the playmakers they have on the offensive side of the ball, but obviously those guys, are they can ball. That first half is what I was talking about, though. Like, if the defense have an off game, I don't know if the They're 49ers can come back from that. Dude. I don't think Purdy can help them overcome something like that. There's a stat. They, people, people said a lot of the same things about uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. You feel, but at the same time, like, if the defense wasn't having a crazy game, like, think about it last year, bro. They beat the Packers, and they didn't score an offensive touchdown. That was one of the wildest. So here's the thing. Next year, it's looking futuristically. In the NFL, you can't lose your job to an injury, quote unquote. Right? That's a thing. You're gonna start Trey Lance. But, He's a third pick. You but can't Jimmy not, G, like there's Jimmy G too. He only played because Trey Lance got hurt. They didn't bench Trey Lance. Yeah, I don't think Jimmy G will be the starter come next year. Jimmy G won't be in San Francisco next year. Agreed. I, I did see a thing about on uh, 49ers defense. There was like weeks from like eight to twelve or like seven to Seven. There's like six games in a row where they didn't allow a point in the second half. That's impressive. Six that's games in a row. more than impressive. That's legendary. Six games Like, knowing after halftime, yeah, we're not scoring anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they have to the All right, fellas, like, you, you played a good half. <laughs> They're not going to let us score again. Let's score 50 in the first and see if we can just win it. You feel me? Like, that's, like that's great. that is absurd. That's absolutely ridiculous. That's tough. That is but tough. yeah, uh, but they hold on. Brandon Staley's cooked. Yeah, he is cooked. <laughs> that's and, where we was yeah, at. Too. We got way off topic. And you know what? He was cooked as soon as he did that stretch, and they caught him doing that stretch on camera. The oh, little yeah, uh, that was zesty. What do you call them? The uh, cow, 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 something cow. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Cat cows. Cat cows. Cat cows. That's, that's what it's called. That's why you're here, Trev. <laughs> yeah, 27, 27 zip. That's like that's on no football player. That is on the coach. Agreed. You're supposed to go Madden, chew clock. They shouldn't have snapped the ball with less than two seconds left on the play clock. And they had four turnovers. Every single, st- every trip yeah. down. In the first half. Because Moving on to the, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, that just made me so mad, it's bro. It's hard to watch. Yeah. Bro, like, when you go up, don't start playing soft. You got to keep doing the stuff that got you up. They stop blitzing. They stop pressing everything. They letting everything happen in front of them. So they're going to dink and like dump down the field. Type stuff, yeah. You feel, like, Too you got to keep left. doing yeah. the, the second quarter game. You can't be doing that. You got to keep your foot on the net. Go up 40 to zero. Agreed. Dance off and up. Agreed. Uh, moving on to the next one, though. Bengals. They hold on at home over the Lamar Jackson list Ravens. 24 17. You see what J.K. Dobbins had to think Yeah, J.K. Dobbins did say that we got Lamar. We're winning that one. And I think that public opinion would be on his side on that. Well, he now, also said, I'm tired of not getting the ball. They got to give me the effing ball. That blah, was blah, the blah. first part of that. You're right. And then he added on the end, it was like a caveat. Oh, yeah. Like, and if yeah. we have Lamar, we win that game. Yeah. Like just. Kind of like he's definitely in his feels, mad as hell. <laughs> can't blame him. No, oh, yeah, I can't blame him, especially after the goal line fumble from Huntley. Why? What is he doing? He was not even. I mean, close. They showed that angle. They show the like the end zone line angle, and you have to sit there and wonder like he really thought before that snap he was like I'm gonna because you you plan that you don't just snap it and then decide like you know what you're gonna do before you snap the ball that yeah this is gonna be it. He thought he had some go go gadget ass arms. And he was going to extend that thing over the plane. That was dumb. That was really Y'all, bad. No, you know what's crazy? You're going to tell us. They got a chip in the ball. Yeah. What? Why did we you not know that, that before? Why did we not know that before? Bro, it's a what? chip in the ball. It was like next-gen stats. Next-gen stats. He was .6 yards away from the goal line. That's how close he was. It's a chip in the ball. 
When, what? When did I start doing that? that I don't know. On Twitter, he's not kidding. I saw the same That's exact sauce, tweet. You could probably. It was uh, on Twitter. You go to Next Gen NFL Next Gen stat. You looking it up? I can pull it up. That's sauce, dude. Oh, I'm already on Twitter. It's okay. I it was like, like that. NFL Next Gen stats. <laughs> the chip in the ball says. That, I'm gonna read the stat word for word. <laughs> Somebody retweeted like, "When do we put a chip in the ball?" Here we go, bro. I've got the tweet pulled up here. It's from at Next Gen Stats on Twitter, and uh, I will throw it up on the big screen here. It says, "How close was Tyler Huntley to crossing the plane with the football?" Question mark. According to the chip in the football, the closest the ball got to the end zone was 0.6 yards from the goal line. So he's still a half a yard away, more than half a he's yard. He's more than half a yard away, and honestly, it didn't even on the watch of the replay. It didn't even look that close. No. Well, you gotta no. think it's like the that's the that's the peak of where it, like the closest it was. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, chip closest. in the bowl. I know. Like, what did, what do the comments say? So the reactions to this were obviously pretty hilarious. And if you kind of scroll down, like, <laughs> when did that happen? I just, it's unreal. So almost two feet. He says. This guy says the chips are supposedly only accurate to six inches, which is partially why they aren't used to spot mm. the ball. Because that was one of the big questions, yeah, too. Yeah, I was thinking that After right this away. information was released, is that why are we giving these officials the opportunity to switch calls up on you know important first downs and things like that if you have a chip inside the ball? <laughs> Look at the next one. But they obviously can't um, verify the accuracy. This says the media guy after reading the replies about the clips. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. That's great, dude. I love dude. Hagrid. Hagrid is awesome. The uh, awesome. <laughs> got a lisp today. Hagrid's awesome. I did not say that. I don't know. I can't tell. I can't. I don't think I have a lisp. But either way, the uh, the replies to that, and I think like that just opened some can of worms that uh, nobody ever knew this. And the fact that this was just very casually dropped on us, it felt eerily reminiscent to the time that the government dropped like the paranormal activity and UFO type deal. Do yeah, you guys remember right. that? They kind of were like, Randomly. oh, by the way, here's these years worth of documents that verify that there are unidentified objects out there that we've seen and documented. I mean, that's just like our, like someone who's really like U.S. government, UFOs, like parent, all that shit. It's like, this is how they react to us. To the parent to the aliens. Agreed. Yeah, that was how the same, same we, level I really reaction. butchered that. But I knew where you were going. Hopefully, the people listening do as well. Yeah. Um, but moving on, as far as the wild card weekend goes, the Bills they win a barn burner, and I wrote right here they survived the Dolphins. They didn't go out there and you know beat up the Dolphins. Yeah. They survived the Dolphins without Tua Tagovailoa, and I think that was the biggest narrative and biggest takeaway for me going into that game was this game's over before it started. What? I'm like, there's the Dolphins stand no chance. That's what everyone thought. I don't want to watch the game. And then I'm in the airport, and I just turn around, and the Dolphins were winning well until the third quarter. I'm like, no. If Josh Allen would have lost that game. If the Bills, I mean, people talk about the Bills, like the team of destiny, obviously with all of the events that have gone on and, and just the crazy coincidences that have happened in the wake of the DeMar Hamlin injury. And, you know, besides all of that, just pure talent on this team, right? People just thought there could be no way. And uh, that, I think, started to go over to the narrative of like, okay, Mike McDaniels, is he actually a competent head coach? Are all these antics, are all these different funny things that he does that are great Twitter clips, do they make for a winning football team? When you have the talent like Waddle, Tyreek Hill, Tua Tagovailoa, when you have these guys and they've been producing at a tremendous clip all season, is he the guy for this? And he goes out there and he coaches his ass off with Skylar Thompson, correct? 
And and he played terrible. <laughs> he did. At he times, did. yes, he made a couple decent throws. But yeah, but for the most was, part, he was terrible. He struggled. Agreed. He, he Imagine if, if Tua plays that game, the Dolphins, they had to dead them how they did the Jets early in the season. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, but I also feel like if Tua's in that lineup, Josh Allen's like... Or, or how the Jets did them, actually. Uh, he this is what I meant. He sits game, up yeah. in his chair. How the Jets did them, I meant to say. The Jets beat the living dog shit out of the Dolphins. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I had, it, it, I had it twisted up. Because it was after... It was right after they, the Dolphins beat Lamar now. I like, got oh, you. my God, they're so nice. And the Jets beat them like 44 to like 17. Early in the year, right? Yeah. They, when everyone's still figuring out what teams are fraudulent. That was yeah. their first loss. Sometimes yeah. to make sure a team is fraudulent, you have to make it all the way to the playoffs. That was the case for the Minnesota Vikings, who got absolutely thumped by this man. Danny Dimes, he baby. great. Daniel Jones. Yeah, he played he played magnificent. Playoff debut. Him and Saquon for their playoff debuts. I mean, played spectacular. Two touchdowns, 301 passing yards, 78 rushing yards, become a staple of his game. 24 for 35 passing. And I mean, for Daniel Jones, talk about just like a come on the scene moment for him as a guy who has been questioned a lot at that position. Um, the Giants, man. Like what a story for them to come into this year with with Dable and you know. So many pieces from last year still in place. They didn't really shake things up as much as people thought they might, considering their lack of success um, and considering the pedigree at which he was supposed to be performing at. Um, but, I mean, when you have Saquon in the backfield. You know too, what's still crazy helps. to me is, like, Galladay is still bad on that team. He is. He's How? not wide receiver one or two, I think. Or three. Or three or four. Really? And they got rid of Tony, bro. Think about this offense with Tony, too. That's very. That's a very good point. I totally forgot about that, him going over and joining the Chiefs. I ain't gonna lie, bro. Like, before the season, like, everybody was like, yeah, they're going to drop the new quarterback. The only way that Daniel Jones is not their quarterback is if Lamar Jackson is their quarterback. Well, think about this. They declined his fifth-year option. They got to resign him now. Now you got to resign him for probably around, I don't know how much. He's 100, going to 100, 130 million. Yeah. That's a great Man, point. What does that do if, for his negotiations? Yeah. Imagine if they would have just took the fifth-year option. They so declined have, it. That's right. They declined. Their, did just, they got to resign I know, I know. I just okay. clicked in my head. <laughs> yeah. I just remembered. He's go, he probably going to get $150 million. That's a great point, though. I totally forgot about that because we talked about it on the podcast. And if you, you know, for those who aren't really familiar with the contract negotiations thing, because that's his rookie contract. So if you can keep a quarterback, especially a guy who's playing this well, on that rookie contract for an extra year and pay him, I mean, bar like bare minimum, really, for the position, now all of a sudden he goes out, balls out, and he's going to get paid very handsomely. If you, you, you know what guess, I think? What kind of contract are we looking at for him? How and not only the money, but how long do you think they lock him up at this? Four to five get, years. Get, yeah, four to five years. Hundred. He's hundred thirty to hundred fifty million. Hundred twenty-five to hundred sixty mil. Yeah, it'll be. Yeah, it's gonna be comparable to the highest contract. I think if he got a beard, he'd be raw as hell. A beard? Yeah. Really? I don't know, man. Yeah. He's got that like he's got that just like square jawed look to him. I think a beard would cover that up. Like he just got a, like a tough looking like. No, he look like a like a like a chef or something. Like he's supposed to be cooking. He does. He's it's the hair. It's that curly little he hair. Got a, if he get a beard, he he'd be a killer. You guys, hey, I saw I saw some crazy Ben Roethlisberger got like all better career stats than Aaron Rodgers, bro. I read that stat I the other that, night. Yeah, that was. Crazy. I did not know that. Is Ben Roethlisberger better than Aaron Rodgers? Twitter feed. Next episode is Roethlisberger better than Rodgers. Jesus, that's crazy. That that's like an actual like conversation though. I don't know stat if it's conversation. Wise, Yes. But it could be a stat conversation. Stat-wise. He got two Super Bowls, don't he? Yep. Rodgers only got one. And he was in a much tougher division. 
True. This is true. The only time that Rodgers had true. any competition was when the Bears were good, and that was only from 2011 to, like, 2016. We've gone and off with so many different – Beat three of the last four times ways by the Lions. This, this episode. We have. And we'll continue to do so with Sean Payton. He's starting to make some noise. Wow. Amidst the comeback for the longtime Saints coach – he coached with the New Orleans Saints for, what, like 15, 16 years before finally announcing his retirement in the offseason of last year. In the meantime, he has been working as a studio analyst for Fox. I thought he's been a pretty good addition to their show. He's like done a him. good job like on TV. But the coaching world, I think a lot of people can agree, is where he belongs. Now, according to BR Gridiron here, shout out them. Great source for a lot of info. Panthers, Broncos, Cardinals, and Texans all interested in hiring Sean Payton for their head coaching opening, of course, to... Adam Schefter. Peyton will first interview with Denver on oh. Tuesday. Imagine Russ with Peyton, though. He's going that's, to Denver. That's what people right are now. saying right now is that that seems to be the most obvious move for him. Ty, you said earlier Chargers should be in that conversation, too, is that they're not added to that just because they're in the playoffs? What, what do you think? If you give if you give Justin Herbert, Sean Peyton, he'd get he'd unlock him like, like when Michael Jordan got Scottie Pippen. That's big. Shorty, the man is not it's not a throw he can't make. And he got weapons. They gotta get rid of Keenan Allen though. Really? He too, yeah, he's getting too old. <clears throat> Interesting. He getting too old, he, he can't really played. separate like he used to. He I was saying he was year. and it has been and, and kind of still is regarded as one of the best route runners in the yeah. game. Or I guess you ain't gotta get rid of him, but he can no longer be your number one. She's not their number one. Mike Williams. Mike Williams. Will, I was going to say, Williams is probably taking over that role, I would say. Well, no, Keenan Allen is by far their on-paper number one. Yeah, like Mike Williams wise? is not the number one. Like, are you talking <laughs> about money-wise? I'm talking about, like, going out. Like, Mike Williams is either going to give you six catches for 100 yards. He is inconsistent. Or a catch for 12. That's how, true. How was Keenan Allen your number one when he played? How many games did he play this Yeah, year? but it's, it's Keenan Allen. Bro, Keenan Allen talking produces every right time he's on the field. Good, fair, fair but he's digressing. He, he's Every time he now gets in the, on the field, six and a half is over and catches. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe you just said that. You almost made me upset. You're just a Chargers hater, hating on Eckler, hating on Mike Williams. I ain't a tell his ass. I ain't a Chargers hater. You are a Chargers hater. The Chargers would be my favorite team. LaDainian Thomas is my favorite running back of all time. Oh, dude. Oh, you. I couldn't even pronounce his name. He was my favorite running back. Ladanian Tomlinson. What? Let's look at Mike Williams' stats. Move that helmet, Kate, so we can see the logo. Oh, yeah. That's 63 catches, 895 yards, two touchdowns. Better. Two touchdowns all year? Four touchdowns. I don't know why I said that. Wide receiver, two. Two receptions, 10 yards. That's wide receiver, two, though. Like, don't get me wrong. Wide receiver, two. It's like bi-weekly. Week one, two catches, 10 yards. Week two. Eight catches, one thirteen, and a touchdown. Who is this, Williams? White, yeah. White, White, yeah, Mike Williams. Mike week three, Williams. <laughs> one reception, fifteen yards, Keiko touchdown. Marlin. though. week four, seven catches, one hundred twenty. That is insane. Week five, ten catches, one thirty. He has a switch. Week six, turns out two catches, seventeen. Week seven, seven eighty-six, and a touchdown. Didn't play week eight, week nine, week ten, week eleven, one catch, fifteen yards. So didn't play week twelve, week thirteen. Back to our original point, Sean Payton. Where would you like to see him land? Chargers is your pick, I imagine. He's either going to go to the Chargers or the, or the Cardinals. Wow. Broncos is not in the conversation. I mean, yeah, the Broncos too, but I'd say Chargers or Broncos. I don't know. The Broncos, Broncos I have to trade for him. I don't know if the Broncos <laughs> what are they going to trade them? They don't have any picks. Trade Sean Payton? No, we're talking about Sean Payton. The the Saints on the right to his contract, they have to trade him. Y'all didn't know that? 
Exactly. Stop playing. <laughs> trade. What do you mean trade? They have to trade him. They're not going to trade for players, though, bro. Right. So, typically, you trade picks. The Saints want a first-round pick for Sean Payton. Really? I did not know that. Is that what they said? Yes. I didn't see that. They were like a first round pick for Sean Payton. Yeah, I didn't see that either. Denver but the does Broncos, oh, they don't. The Seattle they don't has have nobody. Good. That's what I'm saying. The they Broncos don't. are not in a position to do that. What? That's what I'm saying. Okay, you can go right. to the, you can right. go to like the Chargers. I didn't know that. Where the see, Cardinals. I didn't. That information was not brought to light to me. So, I'll, well, I'll maybe you should do your homework. I apologize. Check Thank the you, Ty. check the damn Google Doc and look some shit up before we come here and you embarrass yourself. This is weekend and week out. I'm tired of this. Like this. <laughs> All right, man. Bring it back in. Where did that come from? It that was noise. the it's the it's the video I got pulled up. Here. Oh, I thought he was playing. As you got to stick around out. for this video, though. You already know what we're about to watch. Is that Justin Jefferson? Yeah, it is Justin Jefferison. Come on, sit down. We're gonna watch. We're gonna watch this together. That's gonna be raw as club. What? It's gonna be a good one. You'll see. Best so back in America walks out on interview. <laughs> A little thumbnail, a little quick. Oh, yeah, this is sick. So, uh, yeah, what is that, Call see. of Duty? Yeah. Yes. Before I pull this up. They put this thing on Call of Duty? Dude, wait till you see all the so, rest of them. Approaching wildcard weekend, NFL playoffs, all of it. Bleacher Report. They go out and drop this sick NFL playoffs war zone promo with some of the biggest faces in the league. They're in it. They are. And just the scale of this, the just the art direction of, of all of this was so sweet. So we're going to go ahead and take a look from the beginning here at this preview from Bleacher Report. Hi, look. Holmes, Jefferson, Allen, Hurts. Great song choice too, by the way. Was he? I don't think he does. I mean, I guess he is. Look at Jettas, bro. It's so raw. So sick, dude. Pretty. I think they should have put badass. like more marketable players on. Pretty there. badass. <laughs> like Justin Jefferson, so? like that looks Call of Duty. Like especially like in the. Like, you talking about the, the glasses right here at the beginning? You feel me? Like, Mahomes and Allen and Hurts right. are just there. Yeah. They should have did, like, Tyreek Hill. I, I, can, did, I can see where you're coming did from Justin with that. Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, like... Like, big personalities. You like, feel like, me? Yeah. Like, if you, you know who they should have put in there? Jamal Williams. He's not in the playoffs, though. It's Kyler Murray. Gosh, yeah, that would have fed, fed the narrative like crazy. Yeah. All this guy does is go and fucking play Call of Duty. they still did it? Yeah, what if they did just to see do that? Dude, the Super Bowl's in Arizona. Maybe they did. Go back and look, because that was Arizona Stadium. Maybe they, they trolled Kyler in. in it. I swear to God, look. The I Super Bowl not it. in Vegas? I can play it, but I, Kyler I thought was, the Super Bowl was in Vegas. No, skip to the end. Skip to the end. They're not just going to sneak Kyler in Arizona. I thought it was in Arizona. There, I, was in Arizona. I don't think they just snuck go back, Kyler go back. Murray in this bitch. Where? Where Vegas. do you want me to go? They, they show the stadium right here. What if they like trolled Kyler right there or something? 
I'll tell you right now, Kyler's not in that bitch. And if he is on the battlefield, he's probably dead. <laughs> that thing just got airstrike. Uh, you'd be surprised how, how how much you can survive those on Call of Duty. On Call of Duty? Yeah. This is real, real life, life, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you though. Like I get the big personalities, like the marketability of of something like this is is interesting. But still, now if they did troll, either way, that is, that is that is like that is sick. Warzone, I think. Go to the date. They put a they put like a it date on Warzone. there. Warzone. You talking about the end of the video here? Yeah, click the end. Of, let it let it play through. I yeah. think it said like Nevada on there. I'm not sure. They did put something at the end here. So it's a uh, latitude and longitude. Anyone know that off the top of their head? Oh, yeah, Arizona. That's La- that's Las Vegas. That's oh, that's Las Vegas. <laughs> hey Siri. Where's this year's Super Bowl? There you go. 33 degrees. Oh, it is in Arizona. <sighs> I thought it was in Vegas. It was supposed to be in Vegas. Pretty sure that's Phoenix. Oh, yeah, it was until, until I said it was Arizona. No, I, I'm for, I thought it was going to be in Vegas because <laughs> they were supposed to play it in Vegas when they played it in SoFi, but, like, the stadium wasn't going to be ready or something, so they pushed it. The ra- you know, yeah, the you know Raiders, that? That, the, that, the Death Star. You know how I knew that? Oh. They were in a little. We were in a little. Because he played Madden franchise. No, 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 no. no, no. We're in a little streak here where the Bucks played at home for their Super Bowl. And then the Rams played at home for their Super Bowl. So Arizona was supposed to be this big team coming up this year, right? And they were supposed in to the do the Super same Bowl thing. In their, in their city. And then what they happened? sucked. And they sucked. What yeah. was their but record? Good, good uh, scouting report by me. Yeah, four, there you go. 4-13. Now, what other, if not Warzone, what game would be a better Collab, like, what kind of video would be sweet? Like, put the characters into and do a, a clip like this, like off the top of your head. The Fortnite one, we're not counting like that. That's There's really like what yeah. other games are there? That's a good question. Yeah, like things that are like, you know, Bad. popular right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they don't host it till next year. I was close. Stupid. Said, said Madden. <laughs> Come on, give me something. What other game could they do uh, that Warzone seems like the yeah, I mean, obviously Fall Guys. The I mean, like for, no, not Fall. Fall guys. guys would be hilarious. They did the little adaptations of offensive each of them in Fall Guys. A lot of big one. They, I mean, they they could do like, I mean, really only Warzone. Really, it's hard. I don't. You, really, can't, you can't put Fortnite, Fortnite already got everybody. Fortnite. You got LeBron James. Um, I mean, I guess you could put like. Does he have a full head of hair in Fortnite? Yes. That's what news. else could you put? What else that's could you news. put? Anybody? Else I don't know. I was just, I was just curious. I was asking. That's you like, no, I'm, I'm, that's kind of crazy. You can't put him on Battlefront. LeBron James Wood and a lightsaber. <laughs> that's what <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> That'd be sick. Um, but I really don't know. I don't know Rocket what else you would throw these guys on. Rocket yeah, they got. Sick. Well, if you took Rocket League and you took all of their cars in real life, all their fancy cars or whatever, and like souped them up and then threw their cars in Rocket League. Yeah. That'd be kind of sick. I mean, That'd be kind of sick. It ain't many games. Rainbow, Rainbow Six Siege. Not really familiar with the game. So really. There's like all these different operators, and they have like their own abilities. So that would oh. actually be fun. So yeah, then, you could like take, that, yeah. then you could take, you know, these guys and Bazooka. take their, as I say, you could take like Josh oh. Allen, his thing would be like, you know, he's got a cannon for an arm. Like, give him a fucking cannon in the game. That'd be sick. I don't know. There could be some fun opportunities. but Yeah, for sure. Either way, um, that video was sick. I saw that drop, and the, and the reaction to that was pretty much the same. Uh, last thing for us today, fellas, and we'll wrap it up. Uh, C.J. Stroud. Hmm. Pull it up here. C.J. Stroud, quarterback for Ohio State, for those of you who live under some type of proverbial boulder uh, or other type of large rock, he is officially committed for the to the draft, the NFL draft. and Declared. Committed, yes. Yeah, sorry, declared. I get the, I get it mixed up. But uh, we'll take a look here at his graphic, to which he says, "Buckeye Nation, let's ride." No, he doesn't say that. Uh, he says, first and foremost, I want to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for blessing me with this health, 
favor and opportunity. Classy start. He says, to my family, thank you for laying the foundation on which I stand. Through all the uncertainties, one thing was always certain, our love for one another. Thank you for always believing and supporting me. To my teammates, coaches, strength staff, nutritionists, academic advisors, support team, and everyone that works at the WHAC, must be some type of football facility there. Thank you for building that young 18-year-old redshirt into the man I am today. To Buckeye Nation, it's been a hell of a ride. Hell of a, one word, love that. Pretty classy. To the students, alumni, and all of the, in all caps, Ohio State fans, thank you for welcoming a kid from Cali into the Buckeye family. The process has been difficult, and the decision, one of the hardest I've ever had to make. As a kid, I dreamed of playing football at the highest level. After much prayer, I've made the decision that it's time to turn those dreams into a reality. With that said, I am declaring for the 2023 NFL Draft. This ain't goodbye, Buckeye for life. CJ Stroud at. And now a Houston Texan. Yep. So talk about the I don't know about that. Bryce Young probably. is probably quarterback number one. Correct. Okay, good. Now this guy drunk. <laughs> but what was this guy talking we talked we, we kinda of talked a little bit about the uh the back and forth on this decision and it felt like this really came down to the wire. Like what happened here? Uh, I mean I feel like he knew that he was declaring for the draft. I feel like when it got to a point where they hadn't like he had already expressed that was the last time he was going to ever play Michigan. Right. Like people know. He ne- what he never. During the season, he had what some he, of those What moments, he had yeah. never brought the program, whooped the bam, all this other, you feel me, hoopla. So I feel like once it had gotten out, like, he hasn't declared for the draft yet. I don't think he was doing it for the attention. I think he was kind of just trolling, you feel me, and knowing that not has meant something to somebody. Like, this, is, like this, this didn't come as a surprise to me. I would have been so surprised had he went back. No, yeah, me too. Because Agreed. it's a Agreed. more stacked class next year by far. That's Agreed. why it was never – not saying that, you feel me, he can't compete with those kids. So give me a list of the quarterbacks for next year. Williams is obviously Caleb Williams, the headliner. Shadur Drake Sanders. May from North Carolina. North Carolina, yeah. He's going to be a top 10 pick. Mm-hmm. Sanders. Shadur Sanders. DJ. Who? Oyungle. No. He'll be on the lower end of the class. Spencer Rattler. to think about. Rattler's a good one. Bo Nix. Yep, Michael Penix from Washington. Yep. Yeah, he's a stud. He's a, like, he's a stud. Jaden Daniels from LSU. Is so many quarterbacks. He's, he's actually he flies under the radar for a lot of people, but he's solid. Like, JJ the, McCarthy. He's solid. JJ, put, JJ McCarthy. Yeah, put JJ in there. Yep. TCU quarterback who was who beat out Duggan okay. for the job. Duggan only got the job because he got he hurt. Got hurt. Yeah. So him, I would assume, right. if, he, is, if he better than Duggan, you saw what Max Duggan did this year. Yeah. Like a super stack. They wouldn't. He did. He wouldn't have did himself yeah, no favors. Yeah, that's a great point. And a lot more because they wouldn't have picked him over. Caleb Williams. Depending on what he does next year, obviously. You know what I mean? He They'd could, have never picked but. him over. Unless Caleb Williams falls off a Spencer Rattler-sized cliff. Now, that's funny. Yeah. But you have to look at two. You know, CJ and Caleb are built drastically differently. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So that's something they all have to take of, into as well. All of Caleb Williams' comps next year when you come out is going to be Patrick Mahomes. And Kyler, I think. Not as much Kyler. It's going to be all Patrick I Mahomes. see a lot of Kyler. I feel, I, I, I feel like that. he's got a higher stand than Kyler. Yeah, he got I would him. hope, For you know. Sure. He got he got all the arm talent in the I'm world. I'm saying, like, Kyler compared to him coming out of college. Yeah, agreed. I, I, I can get that. CJ Stroud is more of a... Hmm. Big Ben. Deshaun Watson. I would not say Big Ben. Yeah, I, I would say, I would say yeah, probably Deshaun Watson. I think that's a really good, pretty good comment. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's actually a really good comment. I think Deshaun Watson's more athletic, though. 
No, CJ Stroud can move. Bro, the sure, thing is, sure. Ohio State didn't start running yeah. Stroud till that college football playoff game, and people realized, why the hell have we not been running this kid? For he can move, years, dude, yeah. and he's a good athlete. No, they weren't. They weren't not. He. They weren't running him. He was running himself. That's a part of. The, that's a part of this game, though. That's they weren't. Game. They weren't I calling. Know, I know. I know. I know. He's, yeah, he's just saying it wasn't designed. Which yeah. you're right. Like he never. Like he just never. His first touchdown of his college career was like a 50 yard. Scramble, scramble, and scramble against Michigan State. Now, I talking about that, how this stupid. affects the draft order is the next kind of piece I wanted. To, the next direction I wanted to take this in, and um, actually, I, mean, I can just put the draft order up here so we can all see it, uh, and the people at home can see it as well. Hmm. Looking um, at the top, looking at the top, right? <laughs> Let me, uh, let's see if I can just uh, zoom in. Okay. There we go. There we go. Look at that, nice and zoomed in. Now, topics here. Obviously, headlined by Chicago. You go to Houston, Arizona, Indy. And then it, what would have been Denver and Rams turns into Seahawks and Lions, outlining those those top six. Where do you see him going in this top piece? Chicago obviously has what we would assume is their guy in Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Four. They go. Then you look down the list more. No. Houston. It's, it's, you can't, like, Chicago's not going to pick number one. They're going to trade the pick. That's what we think is that there's a good chance. So that it's going to be. Now, the question is, though, say what team? when you talk about trading the pick, who is a team that, excuse me, is there a player that you would trade up to get in that position? Who is that player? Who is that team? It's got to be a team that can position something to where they can give something up. I it's, think Vegas. I, it's got to be yeah. CJ, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, or Jalen Carter. Well, those are the three guys I think you could trade up. With. Will Anderson. And Will Anderson. Okay, Will Anderson. Will Anderson. I don't. I don't think the Bears necessarily want any. I think they probably want Will Anderson. I think they want to try to stay around like three. At, at you feel me three four at yeah. at the lowest like seven. Yeah, or that's, nine. That, that gets kind of ugly at seven, dude. Like I take. I take DJ Moore. Depending on the draft, I take DJ Moore, the ninth pick, a second round pick, and next year's first for that first overall pick. From Carolina, obviously. Yeah, if they, you feel me, if they truly, really, really wanted that pick, I would take that. Could you see him falling to Seattle at five? Who? C.J. Stroud? Yeah. It all depends. Because it depends on whoever traded up. The mic towards you, like the Colts, the Colts, the Colts want C.J. Stroud, yeah. I guess. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I heard it's just a rumor that they want Levis. Yeah, I actually heard that too. I'm so saying, they wouldn't really really have, on, I could they see they have to trade up dude. for that. So we yeah. didn't touch on this quarterback draft class, I think, too much. Bryce Young is obviously the one that comes to mind, but Levis has been one that has gained a lot of popularity on the the big boards and the mock drafts and all those things out of Kentucky. Levis, they say Bennett, like Josh Allen. Yeah, I could. I can kind of. It's a little bit of a stretch, dude, but I can his, see. He just got. He got his, all the physical uh, yeah, profiles. Untapped potential is crazy, though. You get him in a good quarterback scheme behind a good veteran quarterback. Who like, else headlines this class? Those, Bro, if you don't go those, crazy in college, there's no way you're gonna go crazy in NFL. Agreed. That's how I look at it. Agreed. I agree with that yeah. that statement just because of the caliber of athletes. Now, who else? Those three guys are obviously the headliners. Is there anyone else that really pops out in this class? Not really. It's C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, and Bryce Young. I'm gonna look up. 2023 NFL draft quarterbacks. Looking at this order, though, it is going to get really interesting because, like you said, Jalen Carter, or Will Anderson, those type of guys are obviously going to go to go within some of those top picks, and that's why it really is going to be interesting to see who falls to Detroit at number six. Jalen Carter, please. Anthony and Richardson. A lot. Of, I forgot oh, about him. So Anthony Richardson. He'd definitely be the fourth out of those guys to get picked, most likely, right? Even though he's yeah. a stud. Yeah, probably, but there's no. I think it's between him no and Levis. Are, dumbass picks every year, dude. Him and Levis are like interchangeable. There are now with the Lions. A lot of people are saying that they need to address uh, the corner room 
and Joey Porter Jr. Yeah, so like, or wow. so that might be something that they come up and get. I don't know if they're I like, do that. I like Porter Jr. Tyson Badger is back. the ninth. But like, if Ringo's there too, like I don't hate the Georgia Whoa, kid. Wait, hold on, pause, pause. What? what you were just saying. Ty, give me give me that again. I heard you. Tyson Badgen is the ninth ranked quarterback according to Bajent, and he's from Bajent. Shepherd University, Division Two, out of Pennsylvania. We had one of he's his teammates higher on. than Max Duggan, Dorian Thompson, Robinson, Stetson what? Bennett, which Luke Cunningham. Now listen, if you look at their stats, he was the Harlan Hill winner not this year but the past year, and was also one of the finalists for the Harlan Hill this year. His offense and that Shepherd team has done some special things, and I don't know if I'd put him above. Max Duggan and a couple other players, but he is certainly a guy that talk about arm talent. You talk about just overall production and just winning in general. I mean, it's at D2, but it's winning, winning big games. They've made deep playoff runs the last two years with him at the helm, and he's a super talented quarterback. That is sweet. That's some Sports Illustrated. Yep. That is going to be a tweet tomorrow out of the D1 Reeks account is that he's rated that highly, and I'll probably be throwing this video. So he's projected six-round pick. That's pretty sick, dude. There's a there's a good chance we get some sweet D two talent coming out of this year's draft, man. Caleb, Caleb and Benjamin are two of them. But then you look at guys like uh, Quentin Barrow from yeah, uh, GBSU, and then you have oh actually more guys from Shepard. There's an offensive lineman there. I think his name is Joey Fisher that is projected to go pretty high. And then uh, I know there's a couple other guys um, that have a good chance to get picked up. So I'll definitely be tuned in to see for sure uh, which guys get picked up. But fellas, that's all we that's all we have for tonight. It's been a good it's one. Good night, it's been a bro. long one. Good night, fellas. But, Oh, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you for listening this long if you have. Uh, if you haven't, politely go and fuck yourself. Good night. <laughs> Holy shit.